It's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Week four of the regular season is in the books, and the Green Bay Packers defeated a group of people wearing the Buffalo Bills uniforms by the final score of <laughs> 22 to nothing at Lambeau Field. This is the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. I am Mike Fleischman, the host of Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. To my right, in the beautiful Loop studios of Radio DePaul Sports in downtown Chicago, it's Matt Malmsetter. Hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. How you doing? And I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm fiery this morning. I've got a Monday lot of morning. work to do. Um, this game, it's hard, it's hard to not... It's hard to be upset about a win, and yeah. we should, ge- in general, not be upset about wins. No. But the, within the first 10 minutes of this game, you knew I clocked the out. entirety of this game. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, after the second or third series, I had, like, clocked out. And I was like, all right, I, can we just finish yeah. this game without anyone getting hurt? Because the Buffalo Bills is, like, a forfeit. Like, playing the Buffalo Bills should be a gift wrap W by 40 points. And I... I actually have no idea how the Vikings did it. I really do not have any idea how they lost so poor, so bad. I am baffled. I am completely baffled. This team, this Buffalo Bills team, is a sham. This Buffalo Bills team is an intramural flag football team with pads on. They are very, very, very much frauds. And Josh Allen is oh so atrocious. He is so not ready for the NFL. No, he no. needed like two or three years. I hate. I mean, I I want to take back calling Josh Allen atrocious. He doesn't. Okay. De- he doesn't deserve that. He's not NFL ready. He's still a child. Peterman is atrocious. Peterman's atrocious and has had the time to develop and is bad. Josh Allen has some talent, but is not in a place where he should be playing in the NFL and should definitely not be playing behind this offensive line. So we're right into it. Essentially, I I I am in agreement with you. There are there are elements of the Buffalo Bills. That are pretty good. Their secondary looked okay. Yeah, they they kept receivers covered except when they didn't. Yeah, which that's that's all secondaries who are who are any good at all. There Tredavious was disruption really to the good. rhythm. Yeah, Tre'Davious White's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, outside of outside of that, like they seem to have a a good punter. Yeah, um, no, he he got a lot of work. Josh Allen will probably probably be a good quarterback if he can d- avoid being destroyed by being in the Bills organization. He's got he's got the athletic gifts. He can jump a man. Yeah, he can jump a man that's like aiming at his head. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, they replayed that three times and I sent off a, a salty tweet that uh, continues my, my grudge against Aaron Barr. Anthony. Anthony Barr. Aaron right. Burr. Aaron Burr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He... Continues my grudge against Aaron Burr. <laughs> <laughs> you hate that man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Anthony Barr, who, uh, boy, oh boy, he's, I'm worried about Anthony Barr. He's a bad man. man. I, th- um, I think he might, he might hurt someone. Yeah. Well, uh, it's he... never happened before in football, but it might happen. <laughs> so I did some research after your tweet. I was going to respond to your tweet. I ended up not because it took me too long to form the draft. And right. so then I was like, well, the time has passed. Um, <laughs> the urge is gone. The urge is gone. I don't feel like it. Anthony Barr in the same game that he, Broke Aaron Rodgers' collarbone with the driving down hit that forced kind of all these roughing the pass rules. He was also fined for uh, headbutting Devontae Adams after the play. Oh, cool. And this was right after Devontae Adams returned from the Bears hit, where Danny Trevathan knocked him out with the concussion and that nasty illegal hit. (sighs) So he knew that. And he still, after a play, no reason... Bangs Devonte Adams on the head, gets fined ten thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm worried like about that's Anthony just like Barr. that's just like 
not respecting the other people. If it, like I, I get that football's a, a, a physical sport, that's after the play. If Josh Allen had not hurtled over him, the crown of Anthony Barr's helmet would have crashed into Josh Allen's face mask. Yeah. Yeah. That's where that hit was aimed. He was off his feet. Yeah. With his full crown of the head spear tackle going into Josh Allen. And if jo- if Josh Allen was, say, not not an athlete, <laughs> that would have. Yeah, that 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 would be something we'd probably be talking about for the next decade. Like yeah. what would have happened to Josh Allen on yeah. that play? Yeah, Anthony Barr is is playing with fire. He's uh, he's doing push-ups on the edge of cliffs. Yeah, and well, it's, it's it's tough. He's frustrated because he's been really terrible this year. He was burned how many times against the Bills in coverage? Josh Allen hurdled him. Josh Allen beat him to the end zone. Anthony Barr's been really bad this year, and he's a three-time Pro Bowler. So, you know. Well, you can see you can see what we think of the Bills, and that we're immediately talking about the Vikings and yes, this. and it's the Bills beat the <laughs> crap out of them. I don't know how. I don't know how. I actually don't know. This Bills team, this Bills team couldn't have beat the Wisconsin Badgers. Absolutely yesterday. not. The Badgers would have beaten by forty. I, I am, the Badgers would have played better offense. I'm baffled. Than the Packers. I'm completely baffled. Um, I really think that a lot of what's happening to the Vikings has to do with Everson Griffin. Mm-hmm. And and what he's going through, I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to speculate on Everson Griffin, but I think the the phrase like like ment- severe mental breakdown is is probably a fair mm-hmm. description of what the press is reporting that that he's experiencing. Yeah, which that's awful. And part Everson Griffin is a big reason of like my grudging respect for the Vikings. Yeah, like, like he's been one of my favorite football players. For for a while mm-hmm. which uh, and that team has has kind of been shattered a little bit yeah yeah by by that and also yeah i think i think we we got to see that maybe the the situation on the team is a bit more tenuous than than it might have looked from the outside because they're they're in a spot right now and yeah kirk cousins is very good but you know, the the la rams beating them on Thursday on that short week to like lose Griffin, lose to the Bills and then have to go play LA, LA, LA Rams. And that and yeah. It's demoralized. Hey, that throw that Goff made. Yeah. To put them up by ten to He's, finish the game. Jared Goff is for real. It's one of the best throws I've ever seen. Jared Goff is for real. That Rams team is for real. Yeah. They, they're so good. Yeah. Yeah. They they have they have uh they're becoming good. I'm starting to. Uh, I'm starting to wonder if I'm adjusting my my Super Bowl prediction because my NFC Championship game prediction was Vikings Rams. Yeah. So we'll see. We will see this game. I I can recap this game if if we want to. That would be a thing okay, that I, I could let's do. do it. Let's, yeah. Let's do it. It'll. We can skip a lot of these possessions because there's probably nothing happening. Yeah. No. We can. I I want to. I want to <laughs> add this up. Yeah. I want to. I want to talk about how the Packers score, but we're gonna add this up. Uh, the Bills' possessions in the first half, nine yards plus zero yards is nine yards, plus 28 yards is 37 yards, negative uh, five yards is 32 yards, uh, five yards is 37 yards again, 60 yards, so we're at 97 yards, and uh, 
Yeah, the Bills gained 97 yards total in the first uh, first half yeah. of the game. They only had 145 total in the game. <laughs> and then gained less. And then gained yeah. even less. And because... then were even worse in the second half. <laughs> Made no adjustments and got worse. <laughs> Their longest drive of the first half was a 60-yard drive that ended in a Jair Alexander interception. On an arm punt on third down. It's Josh Allen. It, it, it yep. took points off the board. They were in field goal position. Yep. Field goal position, Josh Allen gets kind of pressured off the left side, rolls out to phantom pressure, uh, as he did basically every possession all game, um, nears the sideline, instead of dumping it off, out of bounds, tries to throw it back across his body, across the field, towards the post, yeah. uh, into the waiting arms of Jair Alexander, falls about eight yards short of his receiver, Jair brought it back to about the 35. Yeah, nice. The the classic the classic rookie mistake of yeah. thinking thinking that your your arm can do things that it can't. Yep. And and trying to will yourself into into making into making the impossible throw. So mm-hmm. good job. Um Green Bay gets their first touchdown on their second drive of the game. It's a six play fifty five yard drive. And uh yeah, it's a Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Jimmy Graham Lambeau leap. That was a uh, first Jimmy Graham touchdown of the year. That was a good one. Uh, set up with a a pass to Ty Montgomery on a uh, a nice little nice. Hit. Yeah, Montgomery with the uh, with the old wheel route. Yeah, nice rollout from Rogers. Mm-hmm. Spin twists, kind of twirls out to his left. Kind of that same play formation that we saw in that big time Dallas yeah. throw to Jared Cook, where he kind of twirls out right, twirls out to his left, sets himself back to the sideline, finds Ty Montgomery down the sideline. Now Aaron Rodgers. He looked good for parts of this game. Yeah. He looked far better than he did in Washington. Yes. He may be getting better, or he may have been better at lying to us yeah. about how better yeah. he is in this game. He is. Uh, he missed over oh, people a couple he, of times yeah, he in did. this game. He's not, he's not his normal sharp self, but he was planting his foot, and he was more mobile than usual. Sorry about that. That's all right. Um, we all get we caught don't have by the copyright ads. For We that, all get caught that by music. ads. Um, no, he looked good. He looked good physically. Mm-hmm. I think that's the more important part, is that Aaron Rodgers hasn't been practicing this year. Sure. So I think any worries about missing small throws and missing short throws and missing over people and stuff like that isn't anything we really need to worry about at this stage of the season. Aaron Rodgers has not spent a full week in practice since uh, Chicago. Yeah. Since before Chicago. This week was the first time that he practiced during the week. He practiced on Thursday, correct? Yep. Um, I think. So I really, I really do think that like anything, all we need to look for in this is that he's moving better. And we saw him scramble a few times for first downs, pick up the yardage that he needed to get. He was moving pretty good. My one of my one of my professors in college the first time told me something that one of his instructors or peers had said to him and this is we're talking about like a uh, trumpeter and a professor of percussion sure he said if i skip practice for a day i notice if i skip practice for two days my wife notices if i skip practice for a week my students notice and if i skip practice for two weeks the audience notices yeah and I think we're at two weeks. Yep. With, yep. With Rogers, yep. where the the mistakes are now noticeable, and that uh, the practice helps a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It it just helps with like getting guys on the same page, as we saw kind of later into the third quarter with Marquez Valdez Scantling, like not being on the same page on a fourth and three. Um, it's just a practice thing. Is 
as Rodgers practices more and more and gets back to full health where he can play in practice all week long, we'll see this offense start to gel together. He was very upset in the post-game conference. Yes, he was. He was very upset with how the offense performed, and I think think we're going to see a real change in the way that the offense is ran. I think not necessarily plays called, but in efficiency. Yeah, we're starting to get that that Rodgers rebellion, and you can pretty much let Rodgers take over the offense if you let him call plays at the line of scrimmage, and I don't think there's anyone on the coaching staff that's going to stop him from doing that. No. I want to talk a little bit later on about about the coaching staff and some of the decisions that they're making right now. Sure. Because they're starting to baffle me in, in a few ways. Mm-hmm. But let's get back to second touchdown of the game. Oh, yeah, Mason Crosby shanked the extra point on the first yeah. touchdown. Um we're not going to talk about that because everyone shanks it every once in a while, and it yeah. was the most classic shank yeah, right that could ever pole. happen. He just missed it. Yeah. Uh, so every once in a while, you know, you... That's uh, what happens once once they move the PAT back. It's no longer automatic. You're going to miss a few every yep. year. Yeah, you're going to miss a few. It's going to happen. This is a great game to miss one in. Mm-hmm. This is the one where it's okay to miss one. Every other <laughs> thing, everything else that left Crosby's foot. Money. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, he's fine. Uh, next one was a nine-play, 83-yard touchdown drive. We see uh, we see Adams catching catching good balls, running after the catch in this one. Devontae Adams, I've said it every week of the regular season. This guy moves like prime Terrell Owens. He He's still so good. does. He's so good. This is also the first drive that we see uh, Aaron Jones in. Yes, and. Aaron Jones, another guy I'm going to keep on talking about because uh, he's he's very he's very, very good, very good. Aaron Jones gets the touchdown run from three yards out. This was uh, we saw a a nice a nice scramble by Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. This was where it's like, oh, he's moving fast. Yeah. That's weird. He's moving quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not, he's, he didn't look like he was at his full speed, but he was he was moving quick. He was able to get around. He was able to scramble. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't limping and jumping on his left foot. He was. He slid down too. Yeah. He can slide again. Yeah. Which, which is a big, a bit of a which relief. is a good one. I didn't, <laughs> one of the I didn't like, like it when he was having no. to dive and no, take that hits. Was, that, that was, was terrifying. Scary. Do you remember like the the like two or three year phase where Aaron Rodgers forgot how to slide? Yeah. Where that he was, would always to do the forward dive. That was fun. That was horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Every step of the way. <laughs> he got he like got the slide yips. It's like it's hor- it's it's yeah. the most scary thing to watch Aaron Rodgers not slide. <laughs> uh, next Packer possession interception. This one was tipped by a defender and then also tipped by the receiver. Was that Graham? It was tipped Jimmy it? Graham. Yeah. So it was a, a tip it by Tremaine Edmonds at the line of scrimmage. Uh, pops up. Jimmy Graham's able to get his left mitt on it. It's about a yard behind him, but mm-hmm. his, his arm is eight feet long, um, and he can't quite grab it. Pops it up, stays in the air long enough. I think if Jimmy Graham didn't touch that ball, it would have been incomplete. Uh, but Jimmy Graham trying to make him play on it, popped yeah. it back up. Yeah, probably. If he yeah. if he didn't touch it, that just sails sails wide and lands in front of the safety. You're fine. Yeah. But I'm not putting that on on anything except like, hey, good play, jumping up and tipping it at the yeah. line. Like, well, man, Tremaine Edmonds looked really good in this game. Yeah, Tremaine Edmonds looks like a like a stud. He's really good. In all facets of the game, and so at that that point, you're uh, it's sitting at thirteen nothing, and the uh, the Packers orchestrate a forty three second forty yard seven play drive with uh, to end the half with a Mason Crosby fifty two yard field goal. Yeah, yep. Crosby's fine. Yeah, set, set up by the Aaron Rodgers scramble for fifteen yeah, yards. Nice, nice fifteen yards got got them in, and having that 
back yeah. is so important because Rogers just seeing seeing that and he's playing with guys right now because because guys are starting to respect that like that I've seen him do this a bunch like a couple of times where he'll he'll pump fake in a situation where like he's not gonna throw it. Yeah. He's past the line of scrimmage and or like there's nobody in front of him. Yeah. That's turned towards him. But guys will still like hesitate just a half second. Oh, he's gonna throw it now. We'll all look like fools or like oh he's he's gimpy. He's not gonna run. Yeah. He's not gonna take it in the field right now. He's he's gonna throw this now and it'll buy him just enough time to yep. get like another yard or two out of it squeak out of bounds yeah he's he's messing with people a bit right now so so the half ends and 16 to nothing mm-hmm. uh yeah yeah we talked about like buffalo doing nothing in the first half yeah they did nothing in the second half absolutely nothing green bay got a field goal pushed it to 19 nothing that's when i fully stopped paying attention to this game <laughs> Haha, Clinton Dix with a nice interception to end uh, end another one of Buffalo's actual like this was a twenty four yard drive which was a long drive for yeah, them in this seven game plays twenty four yards five minutes and eight seconds after that twenty four yard drive the Buffalo Bills with the rest of the game would gain negative ten uh, let's see negative twenty eight negative twenty eight fifty seven so thirty one they would gain. 56 more yards. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's not a lot. Nope. nope. Not very good. <laughs> not very good. Yeah, that, after that interception, the game ended. A punting contest ensued. Uh, Green Bay gave it up on a on an Aaron Rodgers sack fumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, a, a blocking problem there. Yeah. And now, this was one of the few blocking problems we saw in this game. Uh, Balaga back McCurry. Ray didn't go. Byron Bell played in his spot. Yeah. And my theory that By- Byron Bell was going to be fine once he got into the regular season. Yeah. I'm vindicated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he played a great game. Yeah. He looked good. Yeah. He looked. It, it's not so much that he looked good. He looked exactly how McCray looks, which is he's fine. He's fine. He he's, is an offensive lineman. He's not. He's not giving. He's not a turning. He's not a turnstile. Guys nope. are not flying by him. He's giving us enough time. No, and that's all that's important. He's big. He's strong. He's tough. He plays. He's above replacement level. Yep, it's fine. Which, yeah, that's that's exactly it. He looked because he looked terrible. Like, like somebody, please check this man's pulse. Yeah, make sure he's not like three <laughs> middle schoolers he in was... a large coat. <laughs> Byron <laughs> Mel was so mad at the coaching staff for putting him out there in the preseason. That's yeah. what it was. Is he was <laughs> yeah. just so upset. He's like, you know what? I, Screw this. I am 30. Sack him, guys. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Somebody get me off old. this field. <laughs> Nate, you're a veteran. I do not deserve this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, he, yeah, he, he did fine. This was one of the few few mistakes. And, you know, you're going to get home every once in a while mm-hmm. on, on a, a team. Like, I refer to the Buffalo Bills as frauds. They totally are. But every once in a while, they're, they're going to get home. Yeah. Good play by Johnson. And uh, yeah, Green Bay got one more field goal on a on a last minute drive, where they're like you know, one fifty five left in the fourth quarter. I was uh, I was hoping for a little Deshaun Kaiser experience, yeah, honestly, uh, in in the fourth quarter of this game because at, this at a certain been a point, great... like like Rogers is playing angry. You yeah. can tell he's playing angry. He feels like they should be beating the Buffalo Bills by about forty five yeah. in this game, and he's not wrong. No, he said afterwards that. Packers should have had like 600 yards of offense. Yeah, yeah, they they should have. Yeah, yeah, they 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 might have been able to do that. 
and that's the thing about this game is that it doesn't answer any questions I have about Green Bay. Sure. It just confirms exactly what I knew about Buffalo is that they're garbage. Which is, they're very bad. Yeah, they're, they're awful. They should not have a win. They should be 0-4. <laughs> yeah. That, somehow they just set the Vikings on fire. And, yeah. and I still, I, I have no idea how that happened. Like, I, I host an NFL podcast. I, I talk about football for a living. Yeah. And I have no idea how that happened. Yeah. Like, well, you see, first of all, <sighs> no reason. also, <laughs> and that's why. Um, I want to go back. Before we move on, yeah, man, I want to go back and talk about the the interception. Um, it kind of in the third quarter, haha, Clinton Dix on. Yep, uh, we've seen haha, kind of luck into a couple of interceptions earlier this year. Kind of where against Washington, he finished uh, Jordan Reed's route, yep. and the ball was just waiting there for him. This is one where he diagnosed the play, knew where Josh Allen was going with it before Josh Allen knew where he was going with it. Makes a break on the ball makes an incredible play and also Kelvin Benjamin is not a small man. Kelvin Benjamin is a big, 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 big receiver. Yep. And outmuscles Kelvin Benjamin for the ball and is able to come up with it. I thought I thought it was back to like a ha Clinton Dix that we've seen in the past and that we were so enamored with. I, I liked what happened on the defense today in part because it, it forced it forced the Packers to adjust their strategy. No more Davon House. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, the the replacement Bashad Breland is was not suited up not on the not on the active because he he just got there and they're like yeah he doesn't like, know the playlist where where do I live playbook <laughs> where, yeah where where do he's, I sleep at night he's still in an extended stay hotel like he doesn't have a... yeah yeah he's 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 gonna be he's gonna be on the field we'll see if he's all right but Devon House is uh, is gone thank goodness yeah um no no offense Devon House I hope he's I, I hope he's healthy I hope yeah. he enjoys the IR uh he deserves it he deserves to get paid. But he was terrible. He was so was bad. So You're bad. done. Retire, please. Nah. And go, maybe sign with the Vikings. Yeah. Sign else anywhere else. Anywhere else, I don't care. And the bear, the Bears, I'm sure, think that he... Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's the next Prince of Mukamara. Um, <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, so you were, for, you were forced, and Kevin King's still out, which yep. continues to be a, a, a troubling a sign. Consistent consistent thing with yeah King. kevin king consistently out still with the groin uh so you can't play that six cornerback mm-hmm. nonsense defense yeah that you're playing you have to play linebackers which the linebackers are out there again and the linebackers look good orin burke's yeah. got to play a bit in this game antonio morrison got to play a bit in this game we saw a lot of reggie gilbert Reggie Gilbert got to play a lot in this game. Kyler Fackrell looked good in this game. I, yeah, I was which, so surprised. I I think it just speaks to who the Bills are more yep. than yeah. whether Kyler, Kyler Fackrell is actually good. Entirely is that, that. This is the Bills are a college level team, and Kyler Fackrell is a college level player. So so you get away from this multiple thing, and and that actually puts the defense in the in in much more of a normal look, and you're playing the Bills who. What they have, they have Kelvin Benjamin, who like, yeah, he's big, but he's not. He's good. He's yeah, not good. He's terrible. What this game felt like to me is, you know how in the preseason teams typically go very vanilla with their defensive mm-hmm. looks, is against the Bills we went very preseason vanilla with our defensive looks because we didn't have the defensive backs to go all crazy. Mike Pettin, six defensive backs, blitz two of them like they're right rushing right ends or something, and it worked out. Because the Bills are bad. 
And the defense looked, like Aaron Rodgers said, championship caliber. Yeah, the, the 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 Bills in part made them look good, but yeah, they they had to play a little bit simpler. And this is something that I was I was really talking through the summer about. Like mm-hmm. Mike Patton is going to make things a little bit simpler for yeah. for some young athletes, and also Tremont Williams, who's not a young athlete in the slightest, but yeah. he played a great game. He had a good game today. I mean, the Bills don't have the Bills don't have the speed that no. that troubles Tremont Williams. Yeah. Which means perfect, the perfect situation for Tremont Williams lining up across from was, a Kelvin yeah. Benjamin type. I was so happy to see Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander not have their hands all over Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah, because this could have been another game where like those penalties start to accrue. Yeah, against like rookies who who get matched up against a uh, against the guy who's essentially like a tight end. Mm-hmm. He's so he's like six foot five. He's, he's so monstrously big. huge. He's so big. He's if he able, was good at football, man. Yeah. I tell you what, he'd be he'd be good he'd at be football. Yeah, and yeah, it's kind of, it's uh, I yeah, I just don't know. Are the Bills? They're that bad. They're that. They are that bad. They are absolutely as bad as you can imagine. They're terrible. But there there are things that you can take away from this uh, this game that are that are actually encouraging for Green Bay. We got to see, we got to see Byron Bell. We got to see. Uh, a a very physical game. We got to mm-hmm. we got to. That's the thing. Like Josh Allen is not going to. You're not going to run into Josh Allen again this season. No. <laughs> if you, if if you look at what the Packers have coming, it's it's there's not a lot more Josh Allen. You got to go play Matt Stafford. Well, which yeah. uh, you know, we you, play the Dolphins again. You don't have to play, play Jimmy Dolphins. Garoppolo, yeah. and you get to play oh, C.J. Beathard. That's great. And, Against the 49ers, you got to go play Jared Goff in Los Angeles. You got to go play Tom Brady the week after that, and yeah, Tannehill with the Dolphins. You got to go up to Seattle and play the Seahawks, which is like it's a little bit scarier because they're in Seattle. But but like what's happening to Seattle right now? They're Buffalo light is is alarming. Yeah, we'll talk a bit about that in the second second half, which is is coming up soon. But uh, you got the Vikings again after that. The uh, the Cardinals, you got to play the Falcons, which the Falcons are false now. Yeah, they're yeah. not real. Yeah, that's the thing. Kyle Shanahan kept them up. And then you finish with the Bears, Jets, and Lions. Uh, C.J. Beathard might be a Josh Allen caliber player, but yeah. that's the last bad quarterback that that you really see until you get to like the Jets and yeah. possibly the Bears, although nothing is real in the world anymore. So. No. Who on earth knows what's going on there? I think I, I think I think Mitch Trubisky's not good, and I think they just played a Buccaneers team that's giving up almost 500 yards passing a game. Yeah, so I I think that's what's real. But yeah, I I, I think the Buccaneers have that same question of like, who the heck are we all of yeah. a sudden? Yeah, are we are we Jameis Winston's team? Are we Ryan Fitzpatrick's team? Uh, like, I don't like either of those no. options long term. Bad options both yeah. ways. Like Jameis Winston because he's now on. He's like, he has done, he has done like something in that Venn diagram of stuff that I legitimately believe are character issues. Yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah, the things that are actually character issues. Yeah, you know, you get a. Yeah, this is not Aaron Jones. No, I was yelling about this all through the game. Like, yeah, oh yeah, two game suspension for Aaron Jones because it's sixty six percent as bad yep. as trying to assault an Uber driver. God, yeah. Yeah, 
uh, Winston. Winston, who like yes, yeah, his head is bad. He's not a character person. Yeah. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is like not a good quarterback. He's still Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's Ryan Fitzpatrick, he, and that's awesome. Yeah. He's Ryan Fitzpatrick is like either four hundred yards and five touchdowns, or like a hundred yards and five interceptions. It's so there good. really is hardly ever yeah. in between. As long as he's not playing for the Packers, it's great that he's in the league. He's he's entertaining to watch. He's a great option he on Sunday a, Ticket. Yeah, he plays a specific brand of quarterback. He plays, you know, like in the NBA, there's like league pass teams, like guys, teams that you get yeah. league pass for and you watch league pass. Ryan Fitzpatrick is like a league pass player. Mm-hmm. Like I'll watch Ryan Fitzpatrick if he's playing because it's going to be, it's, it's either going to be equal to the Nathan Peterman experiment. <laughs> <laughs> or it's going to be like some of the craziest, most dice-rolling quarterbacking I've ever seen. Like, hey, Ben Gordon's on the Bulls now. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Can't wait. Is he going to drop 45 or somehow like take points off the board? <laughs> Who knows? We're going to take a break on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, and we're going to keep on rambling about, about this game. Again, this was a 22-0 Packers win over the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Bills are confusing yet bad, so... Uh, so really, not a lot of questions answered. We will we will ask more questions. We'll have the answers to more questions next week when we talk about their road trip to go play the Lions. Which might be a real team. Yeah, the Lions will be better than the Bills. Yeah, here's, sure. Here's the thing. Sure. Hey, hot take, hot take, watch out. Yeah, the Lions have things like a running back, and, well, their, their offensive line is di- disintegrating. Yeah. They thought they had it fixed. They don't. Nope. They have a running back. They have a legit couple of wide receivers. They and have a good quarterback. They they have one of my favorite NFL rivals in 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 Golden Tate, mm. who I just I love to despise that guy. I, God, he's I I love watching Golden Tate play. I'm uh, I'm getting a phone call, so we're going to continue that thought after the break. Cheeseheads in Chicagoland coming back. It's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. We are the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. That's Matt Mellumsetter. Hey. I'm Mike Fleischman. Uh, we're on Twitter at Cheesecagoland. I'm on Twitter at MP Fleischman. He's on Twitter at Mellumsetter. I'm on Instagram at the exact same handle. Our Facebook group is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. I work for Regional Radio Sports Network. We're on the web at rrsn.com. I did play-by-play for the Penn Kingsman football team on Friday. That was how was that? I did a play-by-play for a football game. How was it? It was really good. Yeah. Was so good. That's so much fun. My color guy was the uh, was a Hall of Fame head coach who like took the Penn Kingsman football program in the 70s and turned them into one of the best high school football programs in the state of Indiana. Wow. Kingsman played in the 6A, which is like the highest yeah. class, uh, played in the 6A championship game last year and lost it. And... It's a treat, man. It's 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 so good. Like I've always wanted to call a football game. It's like realization of a dream kind of yeah. thing. And you know, now I want to call six hundred more football yeah. games. <laughs> and and I will I will be a- attempting endeavoring in my career to do just that. But the first one, man. I did the fun. first one. It was good. Good. 
how'd pen go how'd pen play oh they killed the new prairie good, cougars took good. them apart uh yeah just i'm not a partisan so much as like i'm sitting next to a I'm in a partisan crew. Yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah, yeah. Who's doing this game and they're, they're bringing me over to that side. Kind of, you try not to be a, a total partisan. Sure. But, you know, you're sitting next to the former coach of the team who, like, you can't be anti. Yeah, the current coach <laughs> of the team was a player of his who then became an assistant of his who now became the coach. So, like, like you're, assist- you're essentially sitting next to, like, the coach's coach. That's great. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I can't say enough. Like it's, uh, it's like a Phil Jackson kind of mind about yeah. about about football. There is a there's a a uh, intellectual understanding of, of the game and like what it means. That was like I couldn't have asked for a better first play by play experience because because I was I was sitting next to someone who was just like, all right, we're all fine. Like, oh, we're fine. Okay. Okay. Good. good. But yeah, we're doing we're doing soccer sectionals and then soccer regionals. Soccer mm. soccer playoffs are happening right now. More football. football. More football on Friday. Um, yeah, tune in. Check out rsn.com if you like high school sports, especially in Indiana. And Radio DePaul Sports. Meanwhile, the station that we're in right now, recording this, you are you are running running things around here. I do. I run the old show. I am the program director here at Radio DePaul Sports. Um, I have a number of shows and programs um i am on the sports flash from 5 to 5 30 today on monday the day of recording um i also have a show called sports ball where i review uh balls um, last week was basketball last week actually last week i had to unfortunately cancel i was on the way back from a, a film festival that i was uh showing a film in so this week is basketball this week is basketball you haven't missed basketball i have yet. not missed basketball All no right. one listening has missed basketball um the first week was football I'm also on uh, DePaul on football with uh, Charlie Bevins, where we kind of recap everything that happened in the NFL over the uh, weekend, and that is on Mondays from 5.30 to 6.30. And uh, on Thursdays from 5.30 to 6.30, I am in a show called From the Loop with Tim Stebbins, and we kind of give you a, the laydown of everything that's going on in the sports, all the biggest headlines, what do they mean, how are they impacting the sports world. And I just want to also plug, if you like, if you like DePaul Athletics, Radio DePaul Sports does live game coverage of most DePaul home games for their soccer, volleyball, basketball, softball games, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's top notch it, stuff. It's not it's not amateur hour, no. folks. It is. It's they're very everybody that does the live games are really exceptional. They're well trained by Bastard Walla, our uh, live game coordinator. Everybody who does does live games is just really good. So yeah, that's that's what the heck we do. Check us out, and uh, we're gonna get back to talking about the Green Bay Packers. One of the things I wanted to mention in this game is that the defensive line finally started to create some pressure. Mm-hmm. Part of that is that they're facing a terrible offensive line. Yeah, an offensive on the line made of Bills. people like me. But one of the things that let happen in this game is that the front four start doing their jobs without needing blitzers or linebackers and that let the linebacking core get comfortable yeah. Blake Martinez was all over the field and it got Morrison and Burks out there and both of those guys I thought played a great game in that no one was on their level blocking them they were just diagnosing and going to the hole yeah they were just really good like Oren Burks has such great range and we've seen this from Aaron Oren Burks before is he's able to like get into the backfield quick is he knows where he needs to be and what gap he has to shoot and how to blow up a run play in the backfield. We saw the same thing with Antonio Morrison on one blitz where he got a hit on uh, Josh Allen, um, which was really one of the few times that we saw Petten bring linebacker pressure. 
Um, and it really he dialed it up and it worked great. Uh, we didn't see as many defensive back blitzes as we typically do for Mike Patton. Um, but I think that just had to do with the lack of depth on our defensive backfield. Yeah, everyone's out right now. King's out. Seven sacks. Yeah, in this seven game. Sacks. We did. Uh, we did actually see Josh Jones get back on the field yeah. in this game. I was going to say Jones was out. He was. He was not very much of a factor in this game. He's going to he, be a little bit slow coming back. But saw a lot of Jones on special teams, mm-hmm. which is good. He was always around the kick returner or the punt returner, um, which is something. You, like to see just in a young guy who's trying to find snaps. Oren Burks four tackles in the game. That's that's very good. Yep. Uh, Morrison got one, but he was he was out there on plays. And when you're playing next to Blake Martinez, he's like, gonna suck. Up. He's a yeah. tackle vacuum. Yeah, he, he had he, nine, takes them he had nine tackles. He takes them game. all. That's many. Uh, two tackles for loss. It was it was it was quite good. Uh, we saw Clay Matthews get a sack and not get flagged. Oh, that was that was also good. Yeah, yeah. There were no roughing the passer penalties. Yeah. in in this game. Yeah, uh, the only penalty I didn't like was the one where they got Martinez for taking off his helmet after he got punched. Yeah, which uh, weak. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know you're not supposed to take off your helmet, but uh, hi. His helmet was also yeah. the other thing is like watching the replay. His helmet's already coming off. Yeah, because As he's of, rolling on the ground. His helmet punch. Also because of the punch. <laughs> But before he even gets punched, when he's on the ground after the play, after the tackle, his helmet is already coming up off his head. And then he gets punched. Yeah, you got to do something with the helmet. And he pulls it fully off and then puts it back on. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yes, I, I realize it's against the rules to take your helmet off in the course of having having an argument. But when you're having the argument with the guy who, what, just punched you? Yeah. Maybe maybe, maybe it's also against the rules to punch. Yeah, also maybe. very definitely against the rules to punch. Yeah, just just saying. That was the only penalty I thought was uh, was bad yeah. in this game. Not a lot of penalties in no, the game. That thankfully, was, that was a, a nice nice change of pace. It's great for uh for a Packers game. I think the refs might have realized that this game's just got to go by. Yeah. What was the Clay Matthews said uh, earlier this week that there was going to be a uh unaf- like a, a change, no change. So like they, there uh-huh. would be a change in the officiating, yes. but there would not be an official like, word out of, like, hey, we're not calling this penalty so much. Um, and I think that's what we saw, is I think the NFL probably sent a memo to their yep. official saying, hey, chill out with the penalties, boys. Yeah. Um, and they said, okay. I want to shout out Clay Matthews for, uh, for like, I've, I've, I've had to defend him, which all of us Packer fans who are honest with ourselves know that Clay Matthews has been a dirty player his entire career. Yep. And we're just happy that he's on our team. Yeah. Um. I'd like to uh, I'd like to shout him out for after I defend him for uh, for going and 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 dropping the uh, the S word soft the league has just gone soft I guess yeah whatever like uh, no actually whatever I'm I'm still still in favor of player safety I'm just not in favor of you getting called for one specific penalty that's yeah. what I was defending you on See, like you've earned so many Clay Matthews probably earned one of the highest percentage of his penalties in his career yeah. of any current active player. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, he's dirty. I don't think the league's gotten soft. I just think that the rules that they've instituted are never like well researched or well tried. I'm I'm going to I'm going to give you part 3 of my sure. ongoing series on why NFL refereeing is bad and I took I took a sort of I took a sort of labor perspective on it in the last two weeks as mm-hmm. I've expounded on it. Uh part 3 is more of a structuralist approach. Sure. 
in, in that how we are receiving the game is changing our ideas of what we can ask the referees to be and what, what the rules can be. Yeah. In that we experience the game through high definition television. The game is filmed by about 67 cameras yeah. from every angle on the field. And we have the immediate ability to slow down, replay every play so that we can see the minutia and zoom of way football in. at 60 frames per second in super slow motion in high def zoom. Yeah. So we now understand the game of football at a slow, at a much slower speed than it is actually played in real time. Mm-hmm. The referees on the field have never seen a replay while they're while yeah. they're no. watching the plays happen. Their their only access to the game of football is field level with their eyes, but that is the only. They are the only group of people who understand football from NFL football from that perspective. Yeah, and the players, of course. Yeah, but as far as people who aren't the players, they're the only group. I mean, that is their, and, and you know we're bringing replay into it. They can go back and look at things again. But I find myself wondering, like the rules committee is already, some of these rules, especially with the roughing the passer and what is a mm-hmm. catch, what isn't a catch. Some of these rules are now predicated on the idea that you're going to be able to go back and look at it in slow motion to understand that. And yeah, that might be a problem. Yeah, because I think if it's not, obvious to the naked eye and it takes slowing it down and seeing it a second and seeing it a third time and seeing it a fourth time maybe it's not then maybe it's not a penalty you know like maybe it's not like maybe it shouldn't be the rule maybe it shouldn't be how it is called maybe that's not what the game should be dependent on maybe it should be just what can the naked eye detect what can these referees actually do watching the game by themselves. I got I got at this a, a bit last time in that you've started to form these rules committees and it seems like the people who are really being left out of it are the people who actively interpret yeah. the rules on the field in real time professionally. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the active working referees. I'm sure they have some say. Yeah. But I real I'm a big believer in that they should have probably a lot more because yeah. that's how that's how you have to interpret the game. If if I wonder if if we're starting to see a a full transition to maybe the refs aren't on the field anymore. Like maybe maybe the refs are watching the same feed we do. Maybe yeah. the refs are in the trucks calling things from calling the, things. We got flag throwing robots yeah, maybe, on the field. Maybe Maybe we have flag throwing robots on the field, and one one robot, no, a ball dog that sets the ball down sure. every time that resets. The I'm ball. not in favor of this. Sure. I don't know what I'm in favor in this situation because it's still like this is, you know, the this is a decade old that we have yeah. like HD televisions. Yeah, and, you know, replay used to be a a real crap show. Yeah, in that, like. Like for fun, audience, I remember this era, but like Melum said, or you probably don't. Like, go watch like. Go watch a 1991 presentation of football. Like, find the best quality that you can of it. You will look at it and you'll be like, how did you understand this game? Yeah. And watch it on, like, a 13-inch monitor. And the answer is that, like, the game was not popular. Yeah. People did not understand it. (laughs) That's it. That's the answer. Yeah. It was like, how did you understand it? Like, the answer is we did not. Yeah. You know, those of us who like played it and went to games and understood it in that level did, but like as a television product, it was very poor. Yeah, 
uh, television and replay and technology fans. has made. Yeah, has made the game a a television sport, and it's been very effective as mm-hmm. as one. But we are now seeing it creep into like the structural re- like reality of what what the rules are and like what the underlying text of what players do mm-hmm. and can and cannot do is now being understood in the in the way of like we are determining it after the fact in slow motion through through cameras. Yeah, which. You know, that is why you're seeing these players being like, I don't know what you're asking me to do because you know, it's, it's, I'm going to make a stupid analogy, but I was, I made chili sure. last night sure, and I was texting a friend of mine and they asked me, well, what's your recipe? And I was like, I don't have, I don't know. <laughs> I told my body to make chili and it did. And it, it did. Like I, I have, you know, 20. 20 plus years in food service experience yeah. i've probably made made 50 batches of chili sure in my life like yeah. minimum i do not have a recipe for chili i made chili happen yeah <laughs> you just, it's just like muscle memory yeah it's just like you know how to do it yeah like clay clay matthews i think approaches football muscle memory in the same way like it's like well you know maybe if you put your shoulder here's like i hit quarterback yeah Hit quarterback, hair flow yeah. good. Yeah, sack, sack, sack quarterback. quarterback, hair shine gold. Yeah, like there's there. The, I mean, I'm not saying that like NFL players don't have a technical understanding of what they're doing. It's that like it is a physical action with their body. Yeah, and to and to take that and slow it down to a quarter speed and say, well, his arm isn't wrapping this way and it's not catching him as he falls. Like, how can this be? not be roughing the passer is we're getting into like such small minutia of how people like move their bodies and how they can move their bodies and what is and isn't physically possible. It's one of the intimidating things about sitting in a press box and yeah. watching a football game is that you're like, I don't get this right. The first time it's not going to be right. Yeah. I'm never going to see it again. Yeah. Like no one's going to replay it for me. Yeah. <laughs> No one's going to say, like, hey, correct yourself. Here's yeah. the real interpretation. Yeah, we're not going to get a second look at it. Like, it's either right the first time or it's not. And football is so chaotic yeah. that uh, that you you have your hand, you have your hands tied a little bit. So that's my that's my structural rant about about football and why are the current structure of how we take it in is is affecting our ability mm-hmm. to to make good rules for it in that we've started to confuse our perception of football with the act of playing football it's a um it's a bit of a postmodern uh, postmodern problem no yeah it's so uh, uh that's uh that's that's Some mike's good nonsense. analysis that's mike's nonsense corner yeah. uh for for the day uh yeah i wanted to talk about martinez i wanted to talk a bit about about structural football I wanted to talk about the linebackers. I talked about the 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 defensive backs coming in and now I was thinking we did see Rodgers after the fact be pretty angry. Yeah. And Rodgers is starting to get a bit frustrated and in general I'm a big McCarthy supporter. Yeah. Cuz I I really think that like there's something about him that gets his teams through adversity. Like McCarthy doesn't sign sure. these guys. Yeah. So like if you're like, well, the quality of talent is bad. Yeah, I kind of agree with you at times. Yeah, but McCarthy gets those guys ready to go out and play. For the most part, regardless of what situation they're in, and yeah. so frequently their situation is like we signed guys off the practice squad and we're starting them. Like they run out of players sometimes. So 
I'm a supporter of his, but like I'm, st- you know, I'm starting to become a believer in that. Like this offensive philosophy is odd, and it does not suit the actual talents. Yeah, of the team. Yeah, it's kind of some of my notes that I I have were like we saw a lot of very conservative third down play calls, a lot of like third and eight halfback draws mm-hmm. and stuff where okay, we're playing the Bills, it's the second quarter, like, throw the football. Like, let's get this over with, let's get another first down. If we get one more first down, it's basically a touchdown against the Bills. Like, just keep rolling. And we saw a lot of, like, kind of giving up on drives, which I wasn't a fan of. I think kind of the other thing that we can debate about is the use of Aaron Jones and the management of backfield. Uh, Yeah, this is... This is where I was headed. Aaron sure. Jones had 11 carries in this game. Jamal Williams had 11 carries. And Jamal Williams was the starter. He was out there for the first two drives. Montgomery yep. came in a little bit. Montgomery got five carries for 18 yards. Aaron Jones got 65 yards on 11 carries with a long run of 30. It's, yeah. His first carry was 30 yards. It's exactly what Aaron Jones does. Yeah. Like that is that is precisely what I expect of him, and I was pretty clear last week. Like, what I expect of him is to be a Packers all-time great. Yeah, and I I am not going to be happy until he is out there on drive number one. Yeah, being the featured back, who's you know there there were thirty two carries in this game. That's not that's not too few or too many. For it's a good amount. Man. That's pretty good. It's a good amount. Twenty of them should go to Aaron Jones. Twenty five of them. <laughs> Should go to yeah. Aaron Jones. I think you have a number one running back, and and I want to see it. Can I offer kind of my piece? Is, yeah, man. I think it's just the Bills. I think we are going to see a lot more of Aaron Jones going forward, but I think McCarthy knew that this is a game that they can win without Aaron Jones. Let's continue to ease him back in. It's something we, we've seen in the past with how the Packers utilized uh, Eddie Lacy was typically the first four weeks, Eddie Lacy would get kind of a lighter usage. He wouldn't get 30 carries a game. He wouldn't get 25 carries a game. He'd get 15, 18 carries a game in order to save him for the final four weeks. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing with Aaron Jones right now is anyone with eyes can see that Aaron Jones is by far our best running back right now. While Jamal Williams has a place, Ty Montgomery has a place in this offense, Aaron Jones is the best one with the ball in his hands and is very good on the carry. I think that the idea is, like, let's not use him up always. Let's not use him up all the way right now. Let's, he's a guy that struggled to stay healthy for an entire year. He's a guy that's kind of been hobbled by injuries throughout his career. Let's save him for when the games really do matter down the road. Because right now, I mean, we're w- looking at a league where the Bears are leading the NFC North. Like, this isn't the real world of football It's a strange like, place right Things now. are going to come back to normal, and I think that's when we'll see more Aaron Jones. I hope you're right. I, I liked how Ty Montgomery was used in this yes, game. He, Five carries and two receptions. He was targeted three times. Yeah. Like, that's exactly how you want to use Ty Montgomery. He's yeah. he's a weapon when, when you put him in motion out of the backfield, and they, they put him in motion out of the backfield, and also when he's split wide, you can bring him back into the backfield as blitz pickup. Rogers yeah. Rogers audibled him into the backfield a couple of times mm-hmm. when he when he saw blitz. And and the great part about auto about bringing him back into the backfield from split out wide is then that helps Rogers pick up what kind of coverage are they running? Mm-hmm. Are they running a zone? Or are they running a man? What kind of zone are they in? How are they lining up? Ty Montgomery is so useful in all in every single way. He's a great pass protector. I think that's where Jamal Williams excels the most is pass protection. 
And we even saw kind of a, we saw some good pass protection from Aaron Jones. There's one blitz pickup that Aaron Jones had that we had not seen from Aaron Jones in the past. Uh, left end, no right end comes around. Uh, Balaga, Jones gets a little chip, allows Aaron to get the throw off before the hit. And that's when you're in a running back group with two of your better, two of the better blitz pickup guys in the division. Yeah. You better, you better be picking up a yeah, thing or two from him. Jamal Williams is, I, I've said it before, Jamal Williams is practically an offensive lineman in the backfield. He's just exceptional. Yep. And when I, when I like, when I stand for Aaron Jones as hard as I am, yeah. I'm not doing it at the expense of Jamal Williams, He's who I think so is good. like, is, was one of the, one of the better pickups that the Packers have ever made. Yeah. Like just, just such a smart, such a smart pickup to get this guy who's just like tough as nails extremely happy and like just pure pure energy and and he is fundamentally sound in everything he does on the football field in in such a in such a good way like he is not he's never out of control nope and you know he he will never improvise he will never uh you know he will he's playing he's playing Bach he's not he's not playing jazz yes what I kind of how I think of Aaron, of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams is that like Jamal Williams, we almost never see get dropped for a loss. Jamal Williams will find a way to get one or two yards no matter what. Mm-hmm. No matter what, he's going to get back to the, the line of scrimmage. He's going to push forward. We saw it on a third and one where he got hit in the backfield and then dragged a group of about eight Buffalo Bills across the line to go. It was awesome. It was incredible, and that's what he's good at. Yep. He's good at that. He's good at... Uh, Pass protection, he's great at receiving out of the backfield, which is a skill we saw him kind of add on to over the offseason. Aaron Jones, we saw it a few times, is sometimes he'll get stuffed in the backfield and he's going to try and reverse field and look for the big play and look for kind of the biggest thing that he can do and make the home run. And he'll get stuffed at the line of scrimmage. He'll lose a yard or two. It's Aaron Jones is way more explosive and has great vision, but sometimes is just trying to do too much and doesn't just try and pick up the one or two and just mo- keep moving forward. He's he's not all around yet, but he is the best running back on this lineup on this team by far. <laughs> running backs, yep. My, my Aaron Jones obsession continues apace, yeah. and I will continue it shamelessly. And it, sh- and it should. I will continue it shamelessly. It sh- you deserve to for as for as long as he's as he's on the roster. No, no, no. Randall Cobb in this game. Nope. Um, we haven't mentioned it until the almost the full hour mark of this podcast yeah. which shows you how much we need a vacation from Randall Cobb yeah. after the Washington game in which he was terrible they say this was a practice injury um, I would not be surprised if that was a, a way of covering up the fact that he was injured going into the Washington game Yeah. Uh, Devontae Adams 8 catches 81 yards he's good uh, Geronimo Allison who left and we're still unsure of his status 6 catches 80 yards he's good yeah yeah, yeah. Jimo had like three drops though. It's my is my issue is, yep. is when he left it was a drop. He had a drop along the sidelines, and I don't want to count the one that would have been a touchdown as a drop because that would have been an exceptional play. He was toe tapping, falling out of bounds, but it was a ball that hit him in the hands, and that I think we would have expected either Randall Cobb or Devontae Adams to come with, come down with if it was them. Sure, and it's 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 a catch that it's a catch that elite wide receivers make. I've yes. not seen any argument that I will not make an argument that drawn Allison's an elite wide receiver. No, no, but so, I'm not shocked that he doesn't make that play. Rogers missed him a couple of times. Yeah. As well. Like he was, he was in those plays where the ball was, was too high or, yeah. or just, just too far in front. And 
six catches on 11 targets where like, yeah, one of them is, one of them is that tough toe tap catch and two of them are misses. Yeah. Like that's, it's pretty good. I'll, I'll take it. It's I'll pretty good. It. Uh, we saw Valdez Scantling make a good catch. Jimmy Graham caught three balls, caught the only touchdown pass that Rogers threw yeah. in the game. Um, people are still like, there's chatter that people are super disappointed with Jimmy Graham. No way. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it. He's good. He's really good. He's exactly what I wanted Jimmy Graham to be. Is I'm I get Jimmy Graham's not going to be getting ten receptions for 150 yards every. Nope. His game is not that anymore. His game used to be big. Yeah. It's, now his game is small. His game is inside of the 20 yard line. Mm-hmm. He's the ultimate weapon. Yep. And outside of the 20 yard line, he's just a mismatch. So if if you get the right mismatch, target Jimmy Graham. Otherwise, wait until you're inside that 20. He's not going to be a replacement for Jordy Nelson. We're not going to line him up out wide and have him run verticals or anything. Like He is a good short route running, box him out and make the play kind of wide. Uh, it's it's also not 2011. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he's 30 years old now. It's yeah. not, he's not in the Saints offense from 2011, 2012 when he was 24 and uh, still off his rocker with leaping ability like he's yeah he got 99 passes in 2011 for 1300 yards 11 touchdowns that's not that's not what's happening and that's not with him that was his that was when he was like essentially a wide receiver yeah and who was also a tight end size like the things that haven't gone away are his hands and his route running and his size yeah like yeah, he's not wide receiver fast anymore. No. Sorry, he's not. He's not like a basketball player, a vertical leaper anymore. Also, sorry, but he's anyone expecting eight. that is crazy. He's six foot eight and has eight inches yep. on anyone covering him. Yep. So that's what his bonus is. That's why he's so good. Yeah, he's so good. Um, uh, I'm a big big believer. So. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I did have one thing I want to talk about. So Randall Cobb out this game. We saw Marcus Valdez Scantling kind of in his place. Not very much. Didn't play a ton. Uh, and didn't get very many targets. He got two targets. He got uh, the 38-yard vertical that Rodgers made a great throw to him on. Yep. And he also got targeted on a fourth and three on a short little hitch route. Um, and we saw Rodgers just staring him down after this throw. So it was fourth and three. Uh, Valdez Scantling runs a little hitch route, and Rodgers throws it to him. And Valdez Scantling does not come back to the ball. Valdez Scantling sits, does not box out his defender. His defender wraps around him. Should have had a pick six. Drops the surefire pick six. No one was going to catch him. He would have had it in stride straight into the end zone. Um, that is, I think, why we haven't seen much of the rookie wide receivers. Yeah. Is that they just aren't on the same page as Aaron Rodgers yet. Big, big, fast, raw. Yeah, big, fast, raw. They're not, they don't know the skills. They don't know how they're supposed to use their bodies yet. They don't know how to do that play. That's a play where we'd see Devontae Adams with his arms outstretched, mm-hmm. blocking a guy out, and coming back into that football looking to run and rope yeah, planning, around. planning and driving, driving planning forward. and driving through yep. instead of just sitting and waiting for the ball to get to him. That's not. Oh, funny. and if you think about it, like there's Marquez Valdez Scantling in college, there are very few cornerbacks that he has ever lined up against. Yeah, who are who are going to have the the technique to be able to interfere with him if he just sits down and waits for it. Yeah. Like, his muscle memory tells him that. Just sit and wait. It'll yeah. come to you. Yeah. Whether or not he becomes an NFL, NFL player is, is going to be whether he fixes those things. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, he's... That was a, a rough rough outing for him. He had a rough preseason, too, at yeah. times. Like, there, 
there's there are moments where he he looks plenty good and then there are just moments where he just where doesn't. he doesn't yeah and, he just looks very raw yeah you know, look, look back to Devonte adams first season and a half yeah for that absolutely one of my one of my earliest tweets is that i was i was trying to figure out if we could make a word for what Devonte adams was doing back then which was making absolutely insane plays look easy yeah and making easy plays look as though like they were the hardest thing in the yeah. world no it was it, i mean going back to after Devonte adams second season going into his third he had an atrocious second season and that's when like there were calls to like cut Devonte adams you remember that yeah yeah because he was just so inconsistent and that's what happens with young receivers is it's we're spoiled watching odell beckham jr take over as a rookie and be one of the best receivers in his second year. We're spoiled by Michael Thomas. We're spoiled by these big-time receivers coming in and being incredible. That's not the typical like way of a receiver. Like, yeah, look, so more often, to, look more to Mike Evans yeah, if like, you want a, a look at how a great receiver develops in the NFL. It, it really does take a few years, and so you can't just like call for people's throats after a year or two years. Like It's just not how professional sports work yeah you can but you suck if you do yeah you don't it means you don't know anything i i i did it i was calling for devontae adams to be cut like i didn't know anything i'll admit it yeah i wasn't i wasn't on that train (laughs) because i saw i saw it immediately of like this guy's infuriating but yeah he can he can make a one-handed catch falling out of bounds with his toes down on the sidelines but he can't like sit down on a curl Okay. That'll come. We're that'll figure, grow. Yeah, well, that'll grow. That's what coaches that are out. for. Yep. That is that is exactly it. Um, Lions coming up next week. Another road game. Packers so flat against Washington. I don't know that the Lions are better or worse than the Washington Redskins. I think they might actually right now be playing worse football mm-hmm. because they just they are in a rough spot with a a new head coach. I I think that they might. They might be a candidate for like a the biggest disappointment of yeah of the season if they yeah. continue on this direction because because they have individual talent and are not using it yeah I think just a continuation of the fact that none of Belichick's coordinators turn out to be good head coaches that might that might be it and I have no I have no real thoughts on on why that might be because because Belichick's the mastermind yeah it might be that yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's just living off here. I'm going to be like a sports forum poster and it's because you get out of that system and you can't cheat anymore. Yeah. There we go. There, I suck now. Uh, <laughs> so the Rams beat the Vikings 38 to uh, 31. Yeah. Uh, Goff is awesome. 465 yeah. yards, five touchdowns. Vikings are reeling. They need to get something back in a hurry. That, def- if, that if defense going has to... just been bad yeah. the last couple of weeks. They've been bad and they, they used to be good. And <laughs> and now they're not. They got to go play the. They got to go play the Eagles. Oh, good luck. This Carson week, Wentz so. is back. Have fun. Yeah, Carson Wentz is is extremely back. Uh, the Bengals beat the Falcons. I don't care. The Bears beat the Buccaneers, forty-eight to ten. Uh, Mitch Trubisky threw six touchdowns, and um, hey, we knew the Bears' defense was going to be better. Yeah. But I'm, I don't think the offense, like, of course, the Bears fans will tell you that this is just how the offense is going to perform every week in and out for the rest of the season. No, it's, they are wrong. They're wrong because before this game, Mitchell Trubisky had nine touchdowns in his career. Yeah. He now has 
15? 15, yep. Yeah. So the point is that, like, a lot of his – he made some good throws. He did make some good throws. There's a lot of them that were wide open because they were, like, naggy trick plays. And yeah, that's not going to be the case against a good team. I, you, like saw, that, you saw the Dirk Cotter press conference where he's like, everyone on that field should be fired. Yeah. I completely yeah, agree with Mr. Is, Cotter. This is, he also said, Mr. Cotter also said, including me. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, that Buccaneers, this is a Buccaneers team that's giving up almost 500 yards per game yep. of offense. And is averaging, other teams are averaging 36 points a game against this Buccaneers defense. It, they're a terrible defense. One of the worst defenses in the NFL, probably on par. They start Chris Conti. Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. Like, the Buffalo They start B- Brent Grimes yeah. on the other side of Chris Conti. The Buffalo Bills are a better defensive team than the Buccaneers. I would start Miko Grimes over yeah. Brent Grimes. No, I was, I was trying to think of a Miko Grimes joke, but I couldn't think of one. <laughs> I'm happy so, to help so you. So we moved on to the Buffalo Bills, so thank you for being there. Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah, like I, I really just again, it is super early in the year. Don't put any credit into this. If you're a Bears fan listening to this and you're like on your freaking cloud, but they're three and one, yeah. Be on your cloud, enjoy it. I, it's I know it's the first time you've had this cloud in like actually your franchise's history. Um, but Khalil can't. Mack is really good. Khalil Mack's really good, and this the Bears defense is for real. I think the Bears defense is for real. I don't think that um. Their offense is for real. I, I have serious doubts. But, man, look at them compared to the Lions, where, like, the Bears have talent, and they actually did something with it for a game. Meanwhile, yeah. the, uh, the Lions couldn't down and couldn't go down and beat the Cowboys, who are are bad. Yeah, terrible. Like, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott beat the Lions. Yeah. And they do not have wide receivers. They are attempting to play without them. Yeah. Much in the way that the Packers have attempted to play without defensive backs yeah. in years past. <laughs> Um, it's generally not a recipe for success. Uh, Lions, uh, Lions lose 26-24. Lions are 1-3. and three. Uh, The Eagles lost to the Titans. Um, that's that's a fluke. The Eagles are good. Yeah, Eagles are good. Yep. Uh, let's see. The Texans beat the Colts. I don't care. Uh, the Patriots beat the Dolphins. After two terrible games, the Patriots... Righted the ship against beaten, the undefeated <laughs> Dolphins team. You warned me about the Dolphins because, like, last week I was like, are they good? And you're like, no. No, they're <laughs> terrible. They're really bad. They're the worst 3-0 and team in the, in the NFL, apparently. Yeah, Dolphins so, are really bad. Answered my questions. Uh, the Jaguars are 3-1, and one, and um, I believe in them. I do, too. I think the Jaguars are a good team. This is a good defense with a, a, a decent offense, an offense that can be capable. Yep. Uh, Fournette got hurt again, I think, in this game. So. Uh, the Jaguars are the pl- are a sort of the ideal of what the Bears want to yes. become. And it, can I tell you the truth? I don't think Trubisky's going to be a Bortles-level guy. Maybe Ooh. in four years. Ooh. <laughs> oh, geez. That's... Yeah, no, that's a real statement but i think i think bortles is like not bad well he's not going to become a verb yeah <laughs> the way i like to use use bortles as he bortles his way to another uh another win that's a uh, good work that the raiders beat the browns in overtime uh, but uh, but baker mayfield put up 42 points yeah um it was fun it was fun watching him on th- thursday night come mm-hmm. in and 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 lead the lead the browns back baker mayfield is it's gonna be fun to watch. He's good. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he's quite good or not yet. 
but he's fun. I think. I hope he, I stick, I hope I he becomes good. I think he's gonna good. be real. I think he's. I think he's for real. Because there's 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 a a Venn diagram that includes fun players and good players. I hope sure. that he's in the center, in the dead center of, of that those too. Because I I know he's one of those for yeah. sure already. I just I think there's something special about the how quickly he processes his reads. I think this can be said about both him and Sam Darnold, which is really impressive coming in their rookie seasons. Is being able to recognize okay, this read on the left side of the field is not open, turn to the right side immediately. Mm-hmm. They flick off of their reads really quickly, which is something that typically takes a few years to develop in the NFL, especially when coming from like spread-type offenses that they both ran in college. It's a big deal. Seahawks beat the Cardinals, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, the Saints beat the Giants, and unfortunately the Saints are now 3-1. and one Disappointing. For the Packers draft pick, <laughs> Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara are very good. Uh, the Chargers beat the 49ers in C.J. Beathard's first first game as the starter. I don't care. And the Ravens beat the Steelers 26-14. Ray- Ravens jumped out to a big lead in that game. Steelers jumped back and tied it. And then the Steelers didn't score in the uh, in the third and fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And uh, the third and fourth quarter, hi, Mike Tomlin and uh, the Roonies. That's that's when Le'Veon Bell wins you games. Yeah, you maybe, might want to consider paying. Pay paying. pay the man. Uh, speaking of the Le'Veon Bell contract situation, yes. So Le'Veon's been holding out. <clears throat> we saw Earl Thomas hold in and not go, yeah not practice, but play in the games, playing at a very high level. Uh, he subject of a few Packers trade rumors. Um, he fractured his leg. Uh, this last weekend mm-hmm. and will not. Won't be get paid, the money. Yep. You know, I mean, the Seahawks now apparently won that contract holdout, um, which is apparently just hold out until they get hurt and yep. then don't pay them. Um, I saw you wince there because it really sucks. Like it really, sucks. it really sucks. Uh, Tim Stebbins and I have a podcast called From the Loop, which will be coming out very soon. And what we spent that talking about was the impact of this Le'Veon Bell contract holdout situation and like what that means. And I, 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 it is really important that these guys have the ability to hold out and get paid because this is what will happen. I think it's vital. It's vital to the way that this whole league works. Is you see it in the NBA, you see it in the MLB. Like you can do that in those leagues. You can hold out and get paid and not get traded to teams that you want. And the players have a little bit of forced mobility. They have power in the NFL. They just don't like. In the NFL, you'll see owners just say, okay, fine, we'll go to a replacement level guy for so much less money, and you don't matter. And that yeah, can't exist. James that, Connor. That can't exist in the NFL. Like, you, just pay the man. You have so much money, and you have the cap space. Just pay him his money. NFL needs guaranteed contracts. Ab- more than any more other sport. Than, more than anything. More than any other right sport. Right at the moment. I, I love that the NBA has it, and... I think I think we I don't want to overstate my own importance here because I'm not important but like thank we you, we have thank you. We we have an obligation as like people who talk about sports to to really challenge this this idea of like cuz one of the things that I like to laugh at and I think everyone does and we are conditioned to do it is we like to laugh at the uh the stupid teams that pay the big contracts to the bad players and then are on the hook for like those bad contracts. I Look, the Albert Haynesworth contract yeah. is a funny contract. Yeah, that's funny. Because, but like, or like the Josh Smith Pistons contract, mm-hmm. or um, you know, what is it? The baseball player that the Mets are still paying, or um, 
<laughs> Great question. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they're they're paying a lot of bad contracts. Yeah. I'm sure. Like or Jerome James getting that huge contract mm-hmm. from the Knicks. Like we like to laugh at that, but like none of that stopped anyone from being profitable. Yeah, like they that, still made their money. That didn't touch the bottom line of the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, like giving Josh Smith sixty five trillion dollars isn't a good idea, but. Like, they weren't a good team in the first place, yeah. and it didn't hold them back from being no. successful. Like they just weren't gonna be good no matter what. It, like yeah. it didn't matter. Like just pay the contract. They made money. Their net worth went up. Yeah, and we like to laugh at it, but at the same time, like that, that helped everyone in that yeah. situation. Like the end goal. This is kind of me being uh, nihilistic, I guess. Is it, the end goal for these teams is not to win championships. The end goal for these teams is to make money. Yeah. And so, like, they're making their money. Why can't they just pay the players? If they win a championship by paying the good players, then great. Like, it doesn't... But that's not what is on the owners' minds. What's on the owners' minds is this is an investment that will return on their investment every single year with billions of dollars. And I've, I've, been, I've been inching up to this, but, like, eventually... If you get guaranteed contracts in the NFL, yes, some of the contracts are going to get smaller because right now you have discretionary ability. Like you can guarantee money, but you don't have to. Yes. It's not immediately that all contracts must be unguaranteed. It's another way in which ownership shows class divisions within the player, within the, you know, the, the yes. body of players, which I've been on about for, for a year now. <laughs> um, yeah, no. It, it's like some of those bigger guaranteed contracts are going to go down down Kirk, Kirk Cousins as three a, years as a punitive way 84 million dollars all guaranteed the smaller That's, contract than like an Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. type of contract but it's fully guaranteed for the next three years Kirk Cousins will be making a lot of money every single year and the money that he is deserved to be paid yep and I just you you have to you have to guarantee the smaller ones as well yeah and like it will reduce the incentive to make the bigger ones and to, to send that out there because you will have to put more of your budget into the the you know, your third string cornerback's contract. Like you just will. That two million dollars that's gonna go to your mm-hmm. third string cornerback is now like vitally important. And this is this may or may not be true, but it's me spitballing here. Like it's also gonna save some GMs from themselves. Like because it's going to force you if you sign a a a project draft pick cornerback to a four-year rookie deal the same way that you do in the nba where you you know you at least have two years where this guy's going to be around it's going to force you to coach him yeah it's going to force you to try and make something of him Mm -hmm. and like try and find a skill set i really think that you can raise up some boats yeah with this beyond just the idea of like getting the players guaranteed money which is good on its face yeah which is good in general but I think at the end of the day, like guaranteed contract is, I think, going to build an NFL that's more predicated on roster development through the draft, not necessarily on big, huge free agent contracts, and more predicated on like the depth of these teams and having good players at every position deep into your roster. I mean, because I when when I learned that Mo Wilkerson was going to be out for the rest of the year yeah. on IR, you know, the the first thing that I'm like worried about is like how much of his contract was guaranteed, like. I hope he did not lose money. Yeah. Because he because he, his ankle got messed up playing for the Packers. Yeah. Like because he certainly doesn't deserve to lose money. No. And that's ex- that. that's exactly the thing with Earl Thomas is we see Earl Thomas carted off flipping off the Seahawks sideline. Yep. And it's because 
now Earl Thomas can't make money. Mm -hmm. Like now Earl Thomas is not going to get paid going forward. And like might, this might be like kind of the end of his career. It might. If this is serious enough, this might be the end of Earl Thomas's career. And he was going to get paid like millions of dollars. Oh yeah. He should have gotten like $50 million, $60 million. I'm not a contract guru. I don't know like what's a good amount for a great free safety. Now he gets none of that and will not get any of that going forward. There would have been an incentive for him to come back from this injury and try and play if he was getting paid. Now it's like looser and it's a little bit more fluid of like if teams are even going to take that bet on him coming back from a fractured leg. And it's his entire way of making money is now screwed up because teams wouldn't pay him when he wanted them to. All right. So, yeah, holdouts are good. Holdouts are very Hold good. Holdouts are very Holdouts are good Hold and important. Smart. And don't listen to Tony Dungy and Rodney Harrison try and tell you any different. Nope. Because they're just not, they don't know what they're talking about. Because, yeah, holdout, holdouts impact Tony Dungy's ability to make his boss happy, yep. which is not the player's concern. Yep. And Rodney Harrison. <laughs> Until they get there under contract. Yep. And Rodney in which Harrison. case it becomes their concern. <laughs> and Rodney Harrison, we've seen. From the very beginning, he's very happy to be a voice for the establishment. Yep, yep, and that's that's cool because that's who he's being paid to do. Yeah, that's, he's being paid. He's being paid to sit on TV as an analyst and tell you that this is what you should be happy about. This is what you should not be happy about. This is what you should dislike. Go dislike this and be angry about this on Twitter so the the NFL can continue to vindicate it and say this is good. This is what we want. We want no holdouts. We want everybody on short low value contracts that can be terminated and we want at at will employment in the NFL that's what Rodney Harrison will tell you do not believe him this is structuralism in Chicago land (laughs) thank you for listening to episode 16 which is uh it's just I we made it to episode 16 that says uh that says something about our our stick-to-itiveness so if you've been listening all this time we thank you very much because this is this is fun as heck we like doing this and uh, yeah, we're, we'll be back next week. Um, if if my work doesn't completely bear me <laughs> under, I pretty much snuck out of the house to do this, and I have to immediately run back so I can go do playoff soccer today. So um, yeah, if 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 they let me live, we'll continue doing. <laughs> they keep this. you alive for yeah. another week. <laughs> if, if I survive, we'll be back next week with another episode of Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. We'll be talking about the Packers versus the Detroit. Lions, and until that time comes, Matt Malmstetter, what should people do? Stay cheesy, baby. Yeah, man. <laughs>